right, welcome back to another episode of the Accepted Podcast, a college admissions podcast for the savvy student. I am your host, Tyler Kusinoki, bringing you the unfiltered truth about applying to college in the 21st century. As always, I'd like to take a second to let everyone know that my DMs are always open. My favorite part about doing this podcast is hearing from you. How are you doing, all of you seniors? A lot of early action, early decision results have started to come out in the past week, and today was a big day for a lot of schools, December 15th. A lot of the Ivies, a lot of the Ivy Pluses, and a lot of other schools are releasing their acceptances over the next couple of days. So I wish all of you the best of luck as you are receiving your results. And if you are getting into where you want to, congratulations. If the news is maybe a little bit less positive, you still have plenty of time. Make sure to really push for it to make sure your regular decision applications are as strong as they can be. In addition to that, if you have any other concerns, send me your questions, feedback, episode ideas, whatever it may be, directly to me. At the end of the day, this podcast is a community-first forum for achieving better college outcomes. My inbox is always open at tyler at theacceptedpodcast.com. That is tyler at theacceptedpodcast.com. All right. And speaking of feedback, today I did want to lean into a topic that came in from one of our listeners regarding the role of community service. It is the holiday season. I think everyone is hopefully going to be doing a little bit to give back to their community. It is also just a time to really think about others. I did think that this email this inquiry was particularly prescient, and so I wanted to take some time to address it. So the email basically says this. I have a question that maybe you can address in an upcoming podcast. How do you counsel kids in Japan on volunteering? Most kids in the States do some kind of academic tutoring. I'm curious to know what volunteering activities you suggest doing to stand out in this area. Thanks. Now, this is a really important question because community service, especially now, is an increasingly important part of the overall package. When I am looking at a student's impact when I am looking at a student's profile, I want to make sure that I have some evidence that they are going to come to my school and they're going to be immediately a difference maker, not just in the classroom, but outside of it as well. Many universities have very, very close and very, very important relationships with the cities that they are in, with the towns that they're in. And they want to know that the students that they are accepting are going to be students who can carry on those ideals, who can carry on those relationships, be good members of the community. And so volunteer work, community service, it's always going to be very, very important to make sure that that is a part of your application. It is to the point where, for example, for the UC schools, I basically require students to answer, like because there are eight prompts to choose from the for, for the essays. Um, one of those prompts is, how have you made your community better? And I pretty much require all students to address this because I think it's a really, 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 it's a non-negotiable, right? If I'm evaluating student and I know they're smart, but I don't have ev any evidence that they are also going to make not just the people in their classroom better, but the people in the community around them better, then I am not going to hold you in as high esteem as I'm going to hold other people. I think there are different ways in which volunteer work and service breaks down. When I first applied to university, especially as an international student applying from Hong Kong, the volunteerism was actually almost like the definitive way to get in. Looking back and looking at um, kind of applications from that time period, if you did sort of Habitat for Humanity or you did American Red Cross or you did Amnesty and you had an opportunity to travel and spend and spend a couple weeks in a developing country, work with some orphans, build a house, do whatever, and then come back and be able to reflect upon how that opportunity really helped shape your worldview, gave you a lot of perspective, made you more appreciative of the things that you had 
and the opportunities that were given to you and how you wanted to pay that forward. That was kind of the way to leverage service and leverage community work to really, really boost your application. Of course, volunteerism has started to look very, very different in recent years, given how many of these are available and how much these are pay to play. And that in many ways, it is this idea of like, I am spending money so that I can feel better about myself, not I am spending money to make last a lasting difference in this community that I care about, or do I even really care about it? Or was it just the thing that just popped up and was the most available and seemed at the time most interesting for me or most cost efficient for me, whatever the reason, right? This idea of a student in Japan for not any particular clear purpose or reason going to Southeast Asia and trying to do something there and then coming back and feeling like their worldview has changed. Not to invalidate that experience, right? But it is not going to be the type of community service that is going to move the needle in any meaningful way. You don't need to live in Japan to experience our world-class tutoring and mentorship. At Tokyo Academics, we support thousands of students in over 10 countries, helping them prepare for the SAT, ACT, AP exams, IB, and more. Graduating from top universities like Stanford, Yale, Brown, and UC Berkeley, our tutors will guide you on the path to academic success. Your first step on that path is just a click away. Visit www.tokyoacademics.com and complete our contact form to claim your free trial and get started. We will assess your goals and pair you with a world-class tutor to make you a better college applicant. That's www.tokyoacademics.com. Let's turn your dreams into reality, one lesson at a time. The emailer also did ask about tutoring, academic tutoring. I think that academic tutoring, there is nothing wrong with it. Everyone should you know, I think for most students, that is the best way to leverage their own academics. It's the best way to give back to their community in some way. It is the best way and is the most accessible, right? Everyone needs additional guidance and student tutoring is often either free and it's volunteer or it is at a very, very low rate. And so great, right? And so tutoring absolutely is one way to do it. The problem with tutoring I have found is that because everyone's doing it, I think it's very, very hard to stand out. So a couple different things. One, volunteerism, traveling somewhere else without a very clear connection to that place to try to make a difference in a short amount of time and then never bringing that thing up again is not going to make for a compelling essay and is actually not going to leave you a whole lot to write about um, or to put on your application in a meaningful way. And we'll address maybe how to respond to that in a moment. The other has to do with tutoring, right? And I think that with tutoring, I think it is going to be important to make sure that you are, if you are going to be engaging in tutoring, and I think that's great that you are because you should be paying it forward. I think it's going to be important to make sure that you are tracking student improvement, right? Because and the, on the activities list, you are going to have space to discuss kind of your accomplishments. And one of the ways to track progress and track your effectiveness as a tutor is, well, are my school students' grades getting better? Are their ranks improving? Are they scoring better on these particular things that I was specifically employed or volunteered to tutor them with? Right? So start tracking the numbers. Right? Data 
takes up less word count, A, but is also the most compelling at the moment shorthand metric for I, w- I didn't only just do it, I was very good at it. So that's one way to take kind of the very common element of tutoring and elevate it. The other is to manage, right? As, or do you manage a team of other tutors? Do you design curriculum? Do you teach a group? There are ways in which to take just baseline one-on-one tutoring on whatever subject you happen to be really, really amazing in and elevate it so that there are ways to talk about it so that they stand out. Again, so one, track the data, right? Record it, track the growth, record it so that you can discuss it more meaningfully, right? And then think about other ways in which you can elevate the teaching that you're doing. Right? Either move into a position of leadership and recruit and lead a team of tutors, or you can you can design the curriculum, right? or you can also leverage your own network and the things that you are doing in other areas and introduce them to students as well. Right, like if you have a relationship with, if you're doing MUN and you also happen to be teaching uh, English, right? One of the great ways to do this is to maybe have some of your students come join a practice session, create like a big brother, big sister system with your MUN teams, right? So that certain very responsible MUN participants, members of your MUN team, can maybe bring along one of these students to shadow them, to help them write their speech, to help them draft their speeches, and to give a practice speech themselves. Right? There's a lot of different ways to be creative around tutoring rather than just do the tutoring. So again, I don't want to be dismissive of any community service. You are making a difference in someone else's life and that matters, right? But for the purposes of college admissions and the fact that you are competing against so many and the fact that you only have like 150 characters to talk about each of these activities, it's going to be really important to make sure that you are doing your best to level up what you are doing to really improve the reach and the impact and the overall quality of what you're doing and find ways to combine your tutoring with maybe other interests that you have or to think more creatively about how you are teaching. Are you going to maybe do project-based learning? Do you want to gamify it in some way and test those pieces out, right? Really, really think about the platform that you have to engage another student in learning, right? It's not just let's sit down, let's go through the workbook together. Is there something more that you can be doing? Okay, so for both of these kind of baseline elements of community service, I wanted to make clear, I don't disregard them. If you're doing them, that's amazing, right? But I do want to then shift to the next part, right? How do I counsel kids in Japan on volunteering? And I think this is where I build into things. So I think that the importance of volunteering is that it always has to be, I hate the phrase glocal because I just think it's a portmanteau that doesn't work for me, but it is glocal, so global plus plus local. And the idea here is that it's a local expression of global concerns or global priorities. And a lot of ways that that has generally manifested has been SDGs, right? The UN Sustainable Development Goals. Everyone, this is such a kind of shiny buzzword that everyone is using now and i'm seeing a lot on different applications or different organizations it's like we do this in response to the sdgs we do this in response to the sdgs again nothing wrong with that these sdgs are important i do think that they're that driving towards them has value but what i do want to take away and i want hopefully all of you will take away from this is that you want to make sure, and when I counsel students, I always want to do my best to make sure that whatever community service they are engaged in is local. Right? 
It is tied to their neighborhood. It is tied to the communities that they pass through every day. It is tied to the concerns and the priorities that are immediately around them. I think it's very, I do think it's very important to start there for a couple different reasons. One is a proximity and a proximity piece. I really will always believe that one of the greatest abilities is availability. If you are working with an organization that is abroad, if you're working with an organization where there's a long commute, if you're working with an organization that is too far away, the opportunities that you will have to consistently be present, to see what thing, to understand how the organization works, to understand what the people you are working with need is just going to diminish. I always want students to start local. Number two is I think that Again, colleges want to know that you are going to be a difference maker here, right? If you're going to get into, say, for example, Princeton, right? Princeton doesn't want to see evidence that you're going to arrive at Princeton and make a big difference over in Kenya, right? Princeton, like, that's great. But Princeton also wants to know that you are going to make a difference at Princeton, which is where you are going to be at, right? So I think that it's going to be very important to demonstrate your ability to do that. And so when I counsel students, that's what I always start with. And what we usually do when I have the capacity to do so, this, I can't do this with every single student, but what we will do is we'll do a we'll do a neighborhood walk. And this, I mean, obviously since COVID, this has been harder and harder to do. But one of the things that I really enjoyed doing when I had capacity in the time is to meet up with a student and we would just go for a walk around their neighborhood or around the neighborhood where their school is situated. And on one level, it's a great opportunity to get to know each other, but it also is an opportunity for me to point them to things that they might not be seeing because when they are walking around their neighborhood, they're usually on their phone, right? So where, so, you know, an example of this uh, is that I was doing one of these neighborhood walks and we kept passing by local farmers, and we kept we kept pass by a lot of them as we were going by, and I was like, "Hey, do you notice that we're passing by quite a few local farmers?" And you know, the student was like, "Yeah, yeah," and and just proceed. I was like, "You're interested in food science, correct? And you're interested in in sustainability?" And she was like, "Yeah," and so I was like, "Okay." have you noticed what these farmers are selling? And she's like, no, I don't really pay attention. I just know that they're there. And I was like, well, if you look at their signs, every single one of them is selling blueberries. And so, you know, it seems interesting that, you know, within this small kind of 10 to 15 minute walk, there's so many different blueberry vendors. Why might that be? Do you think we should go talk to them? And she was like, oh no, that's embarrassing. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, we're going, we're going to talk to them. So in the midst of this student's tremendous discomfort, we went up and we approached each of the blueberry vendors and we talked to them and got to understand their story, understand why they're interested in growing blueberries and also get to understand the challenges that they were facing as independent farmers in a in a district that was really under a lot of going on going through a lot of gentrification. So lots of nice buildings, lots of malls, right? The the area around the train station is, is expanding. Um, and so these independent farmers are finding it increasingly hard to justify a lot of what they're doing in terms of revenue, in terms of keeping food on the table, et cetera, et cetera. So after that, we met with a bunch of them. And then after that, the student and I, we had a little bit of chat about it. And I was like, well, what do you think can help them? And she was like, well, you know, why don't they, why don't they, cooperate 
right? Why are they all running independently? Which I thought was a really interesting insight. And we developed that and built upon that. And one of the things that we ended up uh, encouraging her to do was for her to reach out to her school, get some adults involved and mention that, you know, that um, she was interested in starting a little bit of a blueberry co-op. We researched co-ops. We looked into all those things that were being done. And she went back to each of the blueberry farmers and proposed, right? Like proposed her idea of maybe let's pool our resources. We can have one big shared vending space, right? And um, we will pool our resources, but we'll also pool the revenue in, in a way, right? And so so that we are all kind of concerting our efforts. We don't have to spend on advertising and marketing and all of those different things. And then she also was able to help them put together a bit of a website. So, and as a result, they came together and there is now in her in the area around where she is, there is a blueberry co-op. And this becomes this great thing where she has recognized an immediate need, a local need. She's leveraged her interests and her passions and kind of the resources that she has and was able to contribute and make a difference, right? Not every student is going to be living in an environment where that is the case. Not every student is going to necessarily have the opportunity to do so. So I think that where it's going to be important is it's going to be important to make sure that students are really engaged in what is around them, right? And are really trying to, rather than go for the big flashy kind of trip to some development nation, they are really taking the time to think about, well, what are the needs here? What are the things that I can do here? And what are the differences that I can make here, right? And then how can I level those up? I had another student who was working, uh, cared very much about dog rescue. Right? This was a big thing for him. And he was also interested in physics and engineering. And so we were talking about it. And we had explored all these other kind of community service things before. But I was like, okay, well, you're interested in physics. You're interested in engineering, right? And you're interested kind of in a little bit in materials as well. What are some problems that you are experiencing with the dog shelter that you work with. I was like, oh, well, you know, one of the biggest problems is that we have this dog toilet, but the dog toilet is designed in such a way where all the waste just kind of sits there. And as a result, the the smell becomes really unbearable. And and I really think that not only is that really unhygienic in a lot of different ways, but I do really think that the odor is really making it so that a lot of people who are maybe coming in and wanting to adopt, but because of the odor and because of the stench, they end up not spending the time that maybe they would, that it would take for them to really build a relationship with a particular puppy and adopt them. And I was like, okay, so it sounds like there is a problem. And this sounds like something that you may be, be equipped to fix. And I was like, no, what, what do I know? He's like, okay, well, let's look into it. And so we looked into it. We looked into different materials. He went and he did a bunch of testing with a bunch of different types of tiles. And we found a, he found a way to create a dog toilet where everything was slightly sloped so that everything kind of accumulated and went to one shared space that could be collected. We've switched it to a material that was easily washable. And I told him, okay, we're going to do this. And I think that's important, but also why don't you keep track of adoptions, right? From before and after. And he was able to note that, you know, of course, there probably are, there's any number of other factors that could contribute to this, but the adoptions increased again. So it's not about, and this student is very, 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 very happily at Cornell now, right? And so these are not world changers, 
but they are changers, right? And he and the student has made a change in his local community, leveraged his skills, his skill set, his passions, and addressed a problem and turned it for the better, right? I think too often students think about community service as an I need to solve world hunger. You don't, right? Especially if by thinking that you need to solve world hunger, you are looking so far out that you're not seeing that there may be some people who are dealing with food security right around you that you can maybe do something to address and to help with the skill set that you have, with the resources that you have and the connections that you have. So in terms of how do I counsel kids in Japan about volunteering, I say start around you, look around you, take some time to pay attention to what's around you. What are problems that exist? What are things that you are unhappy with that other people are unhappy with that can be improved? And rather than just throw your hands up and say, well, what can I do? I am a teenager. It's more, what can you not do? Because you are a teenager who has the internet and has a ton of support, right? Every single time a student has brought up these initiatives, right? And I've said, hey, talk to your parents about it. There has been immediate support, right? A lot of times kids are like, oh, I don't know. Or my parents are too controlling or whatever, right? Most parents, if they see their kid come to them with a clear proposal and a clear action. Most of the time, parents are kind of rare is because they don't see their kids doing anything, right? But when a a child comes to you and says, here's my proposal, here's the things I want to do, here's the difference that I want to make, how can can you help me? 9.99999 times out of 10, the parents are going to jump into action and see what they can to help. And now it becomes a collective effort, right? It becomes something that also brings the family together as well, right? So... When thinking about volunteer work, right, it's about, it's not about the name. It's about the impact, always. Right? And about thinking about how to take, combine your skills, your qualifications, your abilities, your passions, your interests, and not just doing the thing, right? It's not about hours, right? A lot of students think about volunteer work as just like this time that I need to commit, that I need to get done with. Colleges want to see that you have used that time to not just do the thing, but improve the thing, whatever it may be, right? And so when you are thinking about your, and that can be whatever it is, right? We just talked about it. We talked about blueberries. We talked about a dog shelter. I talked a little bit about tutoring. There's always something different, more, better that you can be doing, Right? So think about how to do that. Find the resources necessary to do that, right? And you will experience kind of the type of volunteer work that is satisfying, that is compelling for a university, and that helps you build the habits and awareness and heart for others and empathy for others that will come through very clearly on, in an interview. Right, that will come through in your voice, in your writing, right? and will be remarked upon by your counselor, by your rec writers, by anyone who sees the ways in which you are trying to innovate to improve the lives of those around you. Okay, So those are my thoughts. Uh, thank you, uh, emailer, for sending your question in. Um, This is the type of interaction and engagement that I love. I want to be able to make sure that you are all 
receiving the advice and the guidance that is meaningful to you. So as always, thanks for listening to the Accepted Podcast. Again, my name is Tyler Kusinoki. We hope you enjoyed today's topic on service and volunteering. Join us next week for more in the complex world of college admissions. If you like what you're hearing and want to support, be sure to leave us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. Do follow us and hit the bell icon for notifications to stay up to date. We also do regularly host events, both in person and online. So if you're interested in attending free info sessions with myself, real admissions officers, anything like that, do check us out at tokyoacademics.com slash events. That is tokyoacademics.com slash events. That's it for today. And remember, the key to getting in is getting ready. Thank you.